you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Galactic Colonnade, are you there? I am here. Is it the janitor? It is the janitor. What was your name again? Was it Scruffy? Was that right? That is correct. Cool. Hey, I'm, this is Sozin. I'm calling from the deep core. I've got a little problem. All right. It's too easy for me to get out. The Imperials are totally sucking. Can you help? Uh, what do you I need? need a challenge. Okay. No, you can't help. All right. I, I know. I'm going to call someone else for help. You stay on the call, though. All right. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello? 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 Is this is this K-Dub? No, this is the Exegorth Ma. Oh my god. Do I have some sort of Minoc on the line? Scree? Yeah, you do. You do. <gasps> oh, thank god my dial worked. Tackle Farmer, is it you? What's your farmer? Yeah, it, no one else is in the, the Ma right now. They're all off having a life, but I'm here. Excellent. And I think that I, did my signal get through to one other person? I think it did. Yes. Yeah, I'm just chilling here on the beaches of Scarif, just enjoying my time. <laughs> hey, Dub. Excellent. I've assembled the right team to get me through my challenge. So, fellas, here's the deal. Kelvin, well, he's indisposed right now. He keeps claiming no he's surprise. A, a billionaire space captain, and he's on some kind of drunken, drug-filled frenzy in his room. And uh, he sent me on this mission to go gather intelligence on the Imperials. And I've gathered my intelligence. I just need someone to talk about it with. I am very intrigued. Excellent. And uh, the next thing that's on my agenda while well, I got you guys is I discovered this new thing. It's like I was hanging out in the bars with these you know, rebel jockey fellas, and they were using this new word I hadn't heard before. They were calling it rebel jank. You heard about rebel jank? I think Blair, I think Blair has always, I think Blair's <laughs> always been flying rebel jank. Who's Blair? I mean Scruffy. Uh, Scruffy. Uh, Scruffy. Uh, uh, Ah, uh, Kata, before we begin, what's your favorite podcast? Wait, wait, this is Nova, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nailed it. Uh, uh, well, no, honestly, it would have to be Scum and Villainy because you guys all ragged on me when I asked for a seek as my prize for winning one of your list submissions. <laughs> I still remember that. That was good. I want to introduce the guy if you don't know him. He's been a member of like the online community for a while now and is like an organizer. He's done multiple tournaments on Vassal. He's a frequent haunter of all different message boards. He's extremely knowledgeable about X-Wing. Uh, he co-runs, or he does all the effectively the day-to-day management of the Vassal League. Let's see, uh, what else do you have going on, K-Dub? Um, I you got a new also kid at home? participate a little bit. <laughs> I also participate a little bit with uh, the Custom Card League, which is something that's ran through the uh, FFG forums. Uh, they, they have a group of the guys who create their own cards, and we implement them in Vassal and run a little uh, league that way, too. So that's probably the, other, the only other thing, really, of, of note. Cool. And uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of this podcast. I think it's called the Minoc Podcast, but I, Ryan, <laughs> you're on that thing, right? Yeah, it blows. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's much better uh, over here in the pirate ship. 
Yeah, it, I mean, you guys have a flying spaceship. We have a giant rock with a worm in it. It's all kind of the same. You guys have Dallas Parker, though, so... We do. We I do hear that guy's really Parker. good with he's, TIE he's Defenders, trem- right? <laughs> he's tremendous at using TIE Defenders. How's your um, mind control device working on him? Is he still hanging out with you, and he still thinks you're cool? Every once in a while, he th- we think he's going to break free of our mind control, but then all we do is come up with a new ruse to convince him otherwise. So, as of right now... He seems to think that uh, he won a system open, but that's not true. But don't tell him that. Oh. Yeah, well, that dude has had an amazing season. Almost as good as Blair's. Almost, but Blair, dude, (laughs) come on, come on. (laughs) I think we all have to acknowledge. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to cover Rebel Jank. And so Rebel Jank is really our main topic tonight. And Blair sort of inspired me, although he actually doesn't fly super janky jank. His stuff's more competitive jank. Um, but I think there's some really janky stuff. And I'll define jank because Muon was asking us this. He's like, what do you guys mean when you call it jank? And the answer is it's stuff that is more fun than competitive. Like if you take it to like a, you know, a tournament with skilled people, you, unless you're like Paul Heaver good or like super good or Blair Bunky good or whatever, like maybe you might get your head beat in, but you'll have an awfully fun time doing it. And so tonight, what we're going to go through is some really silly ideas uh, around this Rebel Jank concept and hopefully give you some inspiration for some fun lists that you can spring on your your friends and enemies. Yeah, I'm really glad to that you ra- rang the maw because um, before uh, system open season, I was actually running three T70s with no regen droids mm-hmm. to see how that would fly. And it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, indeed. We're in kind of the golden age of Rebel Jank. It's amazing how many cool combinations there are that you can mine. And they're good. They fly well. Yeah, I was going to say something along those lines, Sozin, is you with Rebels, they're really kind of in a place where you can kind of just throw junk together, and, and sometimes it really does work. Whereas maybe with Scum and Imperials, it's a lot easier to throw something together and be like, oh yeah, I can just make this way better by flying this instead. Whereas mm-hmm. Rebels just have so many interesting options that you just can't replicate otherwise. Yeah, it really feels like the most creative list-building kind of domain right now. But we're going to get into that more, but I, I want to cover the agenda at the very end of the episode. Oh, we've also got a cover, so we're kind of slacker pirates, and you know, Ricky's been on this drunken frenzy, and I've been away at work, and it's just, it's been tough. So we haven't had like a cast in three to four weeks. So we haven't covered Wave 11 at all. We haven't covered Java. We're completely behind schedule. Rather than do like a detailed thing on either of those two topics, we're just going to breeze through it like it was nothing. Because, you know, it's not like a big deal. Whatever. I mean, if we can't do it right, we're not going to do it at all, I guess we should say. Although, you know, I like your coverage of it, Ryan. You guys had a good episode on the topic. Oh, thank you. We we do our best when we can. Mm -hmm. I may kid about the (laughs) Minox, but you guys are awesome. You're actually my number one podcast right now. Oh, that is that's so kind. And, Jeez, Lyle, and, and undeserved. Oh, gold is number two. I like I like the gold guys. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, we we what do have we to like Minox because they're the ones that made the nerfs happen. It was right after they it's all put out that podcast. <laughs> it is. They're talking all about how awful the meta was, and then <laughs> voila, everything's fixed. Yep, that, it was, that was the sole reason. It's all our fault. We made <laughs> we made 
Eradigeddon happen. Speaking of making things happen, uh, if we have time tonight, and there's a fifth topic I wanted to cover, or excuse me, a final topic, which is, there's two final topics. One is we got to give away our C-Rock. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but we have a C-Rock Ooh. contest. We're sort of ready to announce the winner. Um, we're, again, like in true pirate <laughs> fashion, we're not really sure we've done a great job of this, and we're not all on the same page, but whatever, we'll try. Uh, we got a few good lists that, you know, hopefully we can have K-Dub and Moisture Farmer help us through. And then, uh, finally, K-Dub had a thread the other day that he launched into the wilds of the FOG forums related to what nerfs would you do next if you had a choice? And it feels like we've just had a good round of nerfing, and I think that we have to talk about the Jumpmaster. And so if we have some time, and we'll probably talk about the Jumpmaster when I get my report on the Imperials a little bit, but um, I think I'm definitely ready to talk to busting out the nerf bat a little bit more, and I'm curious what you guys think. So hopefully we'll get some time to get to that. But let's jump in right now nice. and talk about booty. So rather than us bust out the pirate booty, we're actually going to go the other way. And in a rare show of actual pirate open-heartedness, we're going to give away some of our special booty. We're going to open That's up right. the treasure chest, and we're going to give some crap away. So, Blair, you want to walk us through the idea? So, for all of our Patreons, basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a bunch of raffle tickets. And basically it's going to be for every $5 you've donated to us since we started our Patreon, you're going to get a raffle ticket. And then we're going to randomly draw them. And if you draw your name, you win a prize. And uh, uh, we're going to give away two sets of the regional dice. We're giving away... We're giving two to Moan because he's awesome. And we we all use Vassal a bunch. And he wanted two. So it's only going to be a set of three. But we're still, that's going to be part of it. And then we're going to give away the Thermal Detonator tokens as well. The top 16 from this year. And then... A wave of other stuff, all art cards and all that goodness. So Which I just paste it into our Google Doc. You guys can go check it out. I'm gonna bust this open. So we got the sparkly regional dice. You're giving away two sets of bomb tokens. I'm gonna give away a set. I'm giving away four alt art gold squadron cards, which are awesome because golds are really in vogue right now. Um, I've got four alt art Ashoka cards, custom alt art from the Chicago regional, which I'm gonna give away. I've got four of the Alt Art Vader cards that I'm giving away from Chicago Originals. Uh, here's this is pretty awesome. Paul Larue gave the podcast six Alt Art Assage cards, which we're going to be giving away as part of this. We've also got Paul Larue's Gold Squadron Alt Art, a rookie Alt Art from him, and then I'm giving away two Mdar Alpha Alt Arts from very early on. Jeez, hmm. you just you all kinds of booty that. Kelvin's not going to miss. He just hoards it. He hoards it all, and he's just like a fat dragon that sits on top. Uh, oh, I like... know. I know about dragons. Trust me. <laughs> They're just like hoarders, like <laughs> smog. They just they gather it in a pile and just sleep on it and don't give anything to anyone else. So we're taking yep. it. We're, we're busting it and taking some out. So, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, and, uh, we're, so, well, some of it's going to be a raffle, but we're kind of thinking of doing something maybe a little more interactive with. Uh, with the patrons too. So if any of you guys have any ideas, any listeners have any ideas how we should give it away, go ahead and hit us up with them because we're not sure how we're going to do it yet. But uh, yeah, that's that's that. Cool. Baller. All right, so that's our booty. So let's move on and talk some news. So we've had three pretty big system opens, Hoff, Tatooine, and Naboo. And I was going through the data. And 
it looks like the Imperials did terrible. They just, let's see, one Imperialist made Hoth, the top eight. No Imperialist made the Naboo top eight. And one Imperialist made the Tatooine top eight. And if you look at the top 32 and 64 of those events, Imperials also did poorly. And you put that together with the fact that Palpatine has been nerfed and that X7 defenders have been sort of nerfed. I think they're still good, but there was a nerf for sure. And I think people are asking whether or not Palpatine and the X7 title were a crutch that were holding up the Imperials. And now we're actually seeing kind of the crack show in the Imperial chassis in terms of its design. That without those two crutch cards, the Imperials really don't have anything competitive that they can fly in the current meta and maybe even in the current total state of the game. So um, I'd like to hear your thoughts. What do you guys think? Are the Imperials dead? I have a thought that I could put on the table. I mean, if you're looking at what the things that the Imperials were doing really, really well were that they had survivable, dodgy aces. Survivable, low hull, but difficult to kill guys. Tintrafell is kind of the like yeah. exemplary version of that. And right now, you look at the Imperial meta, and it's been it's you know it's been really rare in the history of X Wing when Suntir couldn't be fielded. Like obviously, when turret wing was a huge thing pre auto thrusters, it, it was kind of gutsy to take him. But right now, like, would you take Suntir Fell at a competitive tournament? And for the first time. It's insane to think that Suntir, with a focus, two focuses, and evade, can't hold up to the offense in the meta right now. And oh, you know what he is? He's a good Ashoka counter. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. Well, I'd rather have Whisper at that point. Um, yeah, sure, sure. It, but even Whisper, it's the things that the Rebels are doing really well now, which is bombing, um, and the things that they're doing also really well, which is crazy offensive output alpha alpha strike yeah alpha striking don't lend themselves to what the imperials do really well which is arc their specialty was survivable arc dodgy high ps aces Mm -hmm. ace wing is kind of dead right now yeah and you think that's a statement about green dice as a whole i think so i think that it's tough it's tough to say because it's people are finding ways to make green dice less of a factor meaning that okay Suntir has is crazy dodgy i'm just gonna bomb him off the table yeah you know what i mean i'm just going to overwhelm him and even if i'm running Suntir with the amount of fen rao that's out there i am not like fen is just gonna nuke him at range one you can't dodge all that plus i think a lot of the Suntir players have gone over to fen Fen. yeah and that's exactly it i'll give a shout out here to travis woolridge who's a local guy, he, he's on a local podcast, he was saying this after Endor, because he, he ran uh, Palp Aces for a long time, basically, pretty much since he's been flying competitively, and then he switched over to Peritani, and he said, Peritani, it was just so much better because the things that you're scared of with Aces, Imperial Aces, blocking and stress, that doesn't really shut down Peritani. And uh, also, stuff like auto damage, like bombs, that doesn't really shut it down either because you have so many hit points. So even though Peritani is not as good as it used to be, we're seeing that Fen double scout torpedo list, which is sort of the same thing. It's just got one ace and a lot of hit points, and it's just it's so much more resilient to all the stuff that Imperial Aces struggled against. 
I think a lot of those players have jumped over to that. But let me say one more thing is I think part of it is remember when Whisper got nerfed and everyone was just like, she's dead. She's so dead. She's not, no one's going to play her. And she didn't, she hardly saw any play. It really wasn't until really Ryan, when you and D started Minoc, yeah. was, with the Minox special yep. that she really started coming back and people started to see, holy crap, if you like run her in the right squad and fly well she actually can do pretty well so i think part of it is that people were just kind of getting bored of flying defenders because they're just they're kind of boring to fly you know they just 4k right, turn, yeah. blah 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 i think that's part of it i think when worlds comes around some people are going to go back to it but i just think the fact that mind link is it's so much more resilient and uh, it's a little more efficient than having like again travis is saying like you'd rather have the token stack then the palp. It's just my link is a lot more efficient and it's not shut down by the stuff that typically shut down Imperial Aces. But I also think I think swarms are gonna come back. There's not a whole lot of diehard swarm players out there, but I think those right now are pretty good in the meta. Potential, uh mostly crack swarm, but yeah, so uh, actually that's... on that point, I'd I'd like for Kato, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to go through that table that we've got at the bottom of document and walk us through kind of the current meta in terms of the, you know, the top ranked ships compared to the previous metas. Someone took a bunch of a good data set from list juggler and converted it into a nice visual thing. Kate, do you mind walking us through that? Yeah, for sure. So what we have here is, uh, one of the users on the forum, uh, stay on the leader, I believe is his name, uh, compiled some data from list juggler, uh, per meta wing, which also kind of helps compile that data. Mm-hmm. And uh, gave us kind of a visual of what ships are effectively on top of the meta, and ranked them. Um, and we see Jumpmasters are <laughs> how many first, waves in a row? First, one, 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 first, one, 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 one. First, first. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what else can you say? You know, it's yeah. You, you look at I'd, I'd say Jumpmasters are in over fifty percent of scum list right now. Um, yep. After that, we see... Wait, hold on. Uh, Pause for a second. I want to go, go ahead. Yeah, kind of yeah. breadth first as opposed to depth first through the tree. Um, Blair, the other day you were telling me that... <laughs> we were talking about jump masters. Remember? We were t- you, yep. Can you tell me what... Tell the audience what you told me. So this is part of K-Dub's thread. Is that he asked... K-Dub, I believe the title was his FFG one nerf away from getting it right. Yeah. The, the thing is, th- that ship to me is the big problem with the game right now. The stat line is so unbelievable. You you can compare it to so many ships that are comparable. It just blows away every single one of them. You compare it to a G1A, which came out in the same wave, the same wave, the same faction. You compare it to a Gand Finesman, PS is the same. It's got one more hit point. It's got one more agility. It's only two points more. It's got one, it's one less attack, but it also has a turret. They both have crew. Uh, the G1A's got system, but the Jumpmaster's got salvaged mech. And the Jumpmaster has an EPT. Uh, the cannon kind of can't... I would say two torpedoes is better than a cannon right now because a guidance chip. Yeah, Alpha And ordinance. also, yeah, also sure. with aggro mech. Well, but before you and jump into the comparison, And it has Blair. barrel roll. It has barrel roll and yeah. a better dial. True, like, yeah. it's not even close. That barrel roll is just insane. Like, yeah. if yeah. you talk to any, like like really good jump master player like we've got joe desmond that we play like with a lot out here and he is a top-notch jump master player and the 
the barrel roll makes that ship do things that it normally wouldn't be able to do. Obviously, yeah, yeah. barrel rolling. And that's why that's the nerf, yeah. by the way. Closing that, end, closing position. Yeah. I mean, but hold on. Is... I want to talk about how all the attempts that we've tried in the past to nerf the jump master, right? So first, we took away Deadeye, right? No, first they took away Agromech. Oh, yeah, Agromech. That was too much. Then they took away Deadeye. Yep. And then they took away Manoru. Yep. And here we matter. are. They're probably going to have to take away <laughs> well, the barrel it, roll next. I think this shows this shows exactly how ridiculous it really is. Is If you go into threads or, or read on the forums, and people talk about, oh, what would you change with the Jumpmaster to put it in line? There are like 20 different suggestions, yeah. and all of them yeah. are perfectly reasonable. And, and the you reason say, oh, yeah. That is, sloop is kind of obnoxious. Oh, yeah, yep. barrel roll does make them really good. Oh, the yeah, biggest, an elite and a salvage astromech slot. Wow, that really... Why do they have that? It's significantly undercosted, and it has been since day one. Yeah. Like, it's it's undercosted by... I don't even know the proper number to <laughs> yeah. put out there, because if I did, D would yell at me for saying <laughs> the wrong thing. The but, craziest thing, too, is that not only is it so awesome, but... It can do so many things. It can fill so many roles. So like you got like two two jumps and a bump. That list, like one blocker, two, two torpedoes. Jumps and is amazing. Yeah, it's like filling all the roles. It can do everything. Like yeah. that's. I don't right. think that it's bad that it can that they released a flexible ship. But I think what needs to be done when you're making and creating a flexible ship is make who's ever building it have to make tough choices on what yes. kind of ship they want. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit, I guess, later on with this, um, with the Wave 11 preview. But the problem with the Jumpmaster is you can put so many things on it, as many things as you want, because it's so cheap that it can do more than one thing. There are no difficult choices that had to be made. There was no title that made it like, okay, you can have torp slots but you lose your illicit slot or mm -hmm. you can have your uh aggro mech but you can't barrel roll you which they've I mean? seemed to have learned with the skurg which we'll exactly. talk about later right right um, right right all right so guys yeah, let's, let's one... pause there i, I feel like okay. we all agree the jump master needs a major nerve sorry i want to keep going let's talk passionate. about the number two ship <laughs> uh next we have the k-wing in the two slot um and I think that's pretty understandable with, with its capabilities with bombing with Sabine as well as Miranda with her regening capability. Uh, and how has that changed over time? Walk me to through from, from Wave 7 to today. Right. So it does, on, on the uh, chart here, it shows us from Wave 7 through to, 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 to today. But it goes piece by piece between different, I guess we can call them metas, between waves. So Wave 7 to Wave 8, the K-Wing was the fourth most use ship i guess we're seeing here eight to veterans it was 13 veterans to dead eye nerf eight dead eye so, nerf to wave nine so wait fifth. jump master is still incredibly still number one amazing yes keep, sorry keep going jump master one through all of these every <laughs> ever since it's been introduced it's it's in the number one slot mm -hmm. uh so dead eye nerf nerf to wave nine k-wing is in fifth wave nine to nerf fifth again and then to uh, nerf to today second slot and it is worth noting that the nerf to today doesn't have as much empirical data as the other other data here. Yeah, but we're basically still on basically system opens and some trailing, I think one trailing regional. So basically, she starts out as pretty awesome, then takes a huge dive once torpedo boats come on the scene, mm -hmm. and then after the nerf slowly starts to rise, and now is like the second best ship, 
pretty much solely because she was one of the few ships that was already good to not get touched by the nerf, really. is That's my take on it, anyway. Makes sense. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Okay, so third and fourth were also kind of were new additions into Wave 8, Wave 9, right? Or Wave 8? Yeah. Yeah, the pr- Protectorate and the Shadowcaster come in uh, third and fourth. And they've, they've been in, since they've been introduced, they've been in the top ten. Uh, Protectorate, six between Deadeye Nerf and Wave 9. Second, Wave 9 to Nerf, and then third today. Shadowcaster, ninth in, when it was introduced. Third slot between Wave 9 to Nerf. Paratani, large reason, I'm sure. And then Nerf to today, fourth. Can I, can I talk about the Shadowcaster really quick for just like 30 seconds? Please. I think the Shadowcaster is a really good example of being different than the Jumpmaster in that you, it's, pr- it's priced at just the right amount that you can't do all the things that you want. A lot of times when you're building a shadow caster, it's like, okay, I have two elicits, but I can't, I can't use, I can't have engine and, uh, the, the, uh, gyroscopic. I can't have mm-hmm. two glitter stems and the EBT I want and the crew I want. They're priced properly in that regard. And I, I wouldn't call the shadow caster unbalanced like mm-hmm. I would the jump master. Would you guys be inclined to agree? Definitely not to the same extent, by any means. Um, it is amazing, I though. I mean, all those three banks, all the green, it's an incredible ship. No, it is. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I, I personally feel like it might be a point, maybe, probably a point un, under cost, at least the at least Asajj, just because her ability is bonkers. Right. But I also think it, it also, kind of similar to the Jumpmaster, and it does still have a bit of combo ability. I was kind of looking at it the other day, and there are only really three ships that don't have incredibly restrictive dials that have four or more slots that aren't ordnance-based on their upgrade bar. So that's the Jumpmaster, the Shadowcaster, and the Decimator. The YV-666 and the the Upsilon Shuttle also are on there, but I kind of was like, oh, they're, they kind of take a hit because they're dials. But I... I feel like FFG isn't properly taxing the ability to combo cards um, mm-hmm. on, on those those ships specifically, but but yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's just really really good ship. I, yeah. I mean, Asajj's ability is incredible. Being able yep. to stress something just for every round for free, just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Asajj is probably a big chunk of that data. Um, but you know, I want to rewind a second. We're talking about the nerf bats, and I promised that we'd I'd bust them out as we go. So I think the K wing, Sabine. Is anyone here not on the nerf train, or does someone want to make a case for Sabine? <laughs> oh man, I—it's hard to say that I think Sabine should be. I mean, at this point, I think there shouldn't be a faction restriction on Sabine, considering she's been. Yeah, both yeah I think yeah. In that, that's a brilliant solution. That's good. Let everyone have Sabine. Let everyone have Sabine. Like, let the Empire. Like, she was part of the Empire. She was part of Scum. She's part of Rebels. Like, take the faction restriction off Sabine. Let Callus be a Rebel too. Like, you know, spoiler, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, screw you. Um, let like you just if Sabine has, is ac- accessible by everyone, I think there'd be less whining about her. Agreed. That being then she'd said, be the go-to I, choice for every faction. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> uh, I think though there, I really do think it should have been one or the other. Either you add a bomb slot onto the ship that she's on, or you get the damage. You get the damage. Having both is a little nutty. Uh-huh. Do you think that would change much, though? I feel like no one would choose the bomb in that case, then. I agree. It's the extra damage you get from a bomb that normally does Ashoka. nothing. You would pick it on Ashoka. It's, it's huge. Oh, it would be really good still on Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's amazing with the bomb. 
Yeah. It's just for the points you're paying for her, it's insanely good. I think she's just un- it, 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 she's crazy undercosted. But yeah. like I said, the I I feel like Imper- I know Dallas has said this since day one. Imperials should have been the bombing faction. That's what they're bet like rebels shouldn't have crazy access to bombs the way the Empire does. Yeah. We see them bomb in the films. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like why why yeah. are, why aren't Thai bombers bombing when All right, cool. So let's keep going. So there was a change. The ship that was fifth dropped down to ninth. And the ship that was in sixteenth came up to fifth. And what ship is that? It's the yeah, X Wing, baby. The X-Wing. The T-65-X-Wing. Yeah, okay. It's known as Biggs. It's Biggs. The T-65-Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he accounts for over 95% of the data here. Yeah. So Biggs well, is back. I bet not 95% yeah. of that is Kalen's pride. Well, no, I guess I guess he is getting into no, I mean, some other lists now No, I mean, one two system well. opens with uh, right. a stress hog and Miranda. I'm going right. to throw out there, too, um, if we're talking about T-65s. I know Biggs is the main one, but I've been seeing a lot of fairly limited success with Tarn in the meta too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Brian, Tarn Tarn with Brian three Lindemode. Y wings is solid. Yeah. I, I he beat me in Brian Lindemode beat me with Tarn in the uh San Diego regional. That was one of my few yeah. losses. He made yeah. top eight at Endor with Tarn. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Great He's ability. He's a strong player. He's up in uh Alaska if I recall correctly. Yeah he, L- Brian's a really, really good player and a great guy, but he makes Tarn work and Tarn's that bug that won't die. Well, his ability is great. So, yeah. yeah. Should we go over his ability real quick? Yeah, please. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so Tarn's ability is when an enemy ship declares you as the target of an attack, you may acquire a target lock on that ship. And that combos especially well with R7 Astromech and M9G8. Yeah, yeah. Both R7 which lets you deal boost. with target locks. Yeah, when you get target lock, you get a free boost out of it, which is awesome. And M9G8 lets you have assign that lock to a friend. A friend can use your lock. Yeah, well, so M9G8... When a ship you have locked is attacking, you may choose one attack die. The attacker must re-roll that die. That's it, yeah. And and then uh, R7 is once per round when defending, if you have a target lock on the attacker, you may spend the target lock to choose any or all attack dice. They must re-roll those. Oh, that's right. It's not the boost one. It's the re-roll one. Yeah, yeah the boost one's R7-T1, I think. That's it, yeah. Something. Thank you. Yeah, Tarn is crazy good. And I've seen... I know a lot of people were saying when M9G8 came out that it was kind of like a little expensive and kind of dumb and not that great. I've seen it paired in a lot of really good squads. And Tarn, uh, we had a player who was running Tarn with some Y-Wing TLTs this weekend. So solid. All right, cool. So that's our top five. I think let's keep going. We have a lot of material to cover. So, yeah, that's my wild-eyed assertion that the Imperials are in trouble. Let's keep going. So Jabba is out. That got announced a little after Wave 11, but we're going to cover it first because, you know, it's the most recent thing that happened to us pirates, so therefore it's the most important. So Jabba's ability, it's everyone's probably already heard, but for the sake of uh, shouting it out on the podcast, it's that basically if you take an illicit, if you take some illicit upgrade in your squad, Jabba gives you like a free one. You get like a token that gives you two of them. So two Glitter Sims or two whatevers, two Scav Cranes. These extra munitions for illicits, yep. yeah, but for your whole right. squad. Uh-huh. Right. All right, so... Then, Sorry, KW, you're going to say? Yeah, t- typical typical uh, FFG, a uh, little bit of a misprint here. And and if I, I'm not reading this correct, someone can definitely correct me, but it says, when you equip this card, place one illicit token on each uh, uh, illicit upgrade card in your squad, and it says when you are instructed to discard, 
And as we all know, you only refers to the ship which an upgrade is equipped on. Not the player. So apparently they don't do anything on the other <laughs> for the for your other ships. Yeah, so here's my question. But, Let's say Jabba dies. Do the tokens go away because of that little you? That's do, that's a huge question, especially in Epic with uh, as Morgan uh, being able yeah. to toss them out, out right at the start. So yeah, FFG will definitely have to have to look into both those things. All right, cool. Well, so I'd like to know each of your thoughts kind of in turn on like if this job resonates with you and if like, you know, your like little inner kid is like cool or if your little inner kid's like, oh, so I'm going to go with cool. I like it. I think it's super thematic and I think it's a fun upgrade card and five points feels pretty priced to me. Blair, what do you think? Definitely cool theme. I don't think he's going to see a whole lot of play in standard and that is at least right now. And that is perfectly okay with me. One of the big complaints I had about Palp, amongst many others, is that he ha- you had to buy an eighty dollar Raider to run him. And I think, you know, when you go to a tournament, you don't see a whole lot of middle school, high school, broke ass college students playing the game. It's usually, you know, the demographic is really twenty five to sixty. Really, is who you see playing people who have money and i think i think that kind of sucks that you have to buy so much into i don't i, ne- I didn't i never like seeing that it is like the best cards like 3po and palpatine came on the most expensive ships so i like that it potentially could be pretty good in standard down the road but for right now it's probably only gonna see play in epic so you don't think there are any broken combinations and they're just waiting to be discovered well I'll, i might be proven wrong <laughs> but no i don't it basically you got you have to run it on you have to run it on a YV you have to there's nothing else that can take it and uh, to get mileage out of his ability you have to run it you figure at least three other ships really to so you're basically looking at Z95s at that maybe like two Zs and uh, G1A something like that but now I don't really think there's a whole lot there that is gonna break the meta so. Right. Yeah, so, uh, okay, Dub, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I agree for the most part. Uh, five points and double crew with only one ship to really go on. Uh, this this may be a card that maybe five waves down the road when we start seeing a few more uh, double crew options for Scum that, that he might pop up. It does create some pretty hilarious possibilities like eight rig cargo shoots on the board at the same time. So <laughs> there there is that. So how, do, how does this card work with uh, Dead Band Switch? <laughs> No, well, with tell. To... Yeah, I think you just died. No, I don't. Th- I don't think it works with tell either. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. she only dies officially once. Wouldn't it be cool if you could die twice, though? That would be pretty neat bonkers. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. Switch needed it. Um, all right, cool. Let's keep going. So, well, oh, I wait, didn't get to uh, say my job. Let's hear it, man. My bad, farmer. Oh, let's, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. No, no, screw that guy's <laughs> opinion. Uh, let's well, hear it. Uh, we we talked at length about Jabba on the most recent Back to Dials podcast from April 1st that you guys can listen to, um, which I highly <laughs> recommend. So, that so was good. A, Everyone should listen to it right uh, now. In fact, just pause um, this podcast and go listen to it. Yeah, Back yeah. to Dials is awesome. They're a great <laughs> They are a great podcast, especially <laughs> on April 1st when we are on it. Um, yeah, well, But in all seriousness, I talked about, I think what I really like about Java, like, like you guys said, it's not an immediate use. It's not like, oh my god, it's going to be Palpatine and break the game, I hope. But there is flexibility now for FFG to make some more interesting, slightly more expensive elicits. Because 
they may not be good as one-use things, but their value becomes greater when paired with Java. So it gives them a little more design space with Scum and Elicits with something. Maybe they come out with the first four-point Elicit, and it's like, wow, four points is a lot. I don't want to waste it on that. But, you know, if I have got Java, suddenly that's eight points worth of value. You know, it, it, there's a math term there that I'm not good with, but it's like it's like a slope or something. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If they come out with more three and four point illicit, his value is definitely going to go up for sure. And that's just all I got to say on him right now, other than flying him with, you know, five Z95s with inertial dampeners. You know, <laughs> that's all I got. Cool. All right. He also helps Sabine, which is cool. So, uh, get four glitter stims on her. Her ability is a lot better. Yeah, it's awesome. Though I don't. It, it, running, I think it would be really cool to see if somebody could run a YV with Jabba loaded and a Sabine loaded up and just have those two ships make that work. I think that could be Do fun. it, someone listening. I think that would be fun. <laughs> Sounds pretty janky. <laughs> Scum jank. <laughs> Alright guys, let's talk uh, Wave 11. We put it off too long. So, yeah, Wave 11 happened while we were out tooting around the galaxy. So, looks like right now it's just three ships. One of them is made out of wood. The interior is made out of wood. The exterior... We've had several people correct our podcast that it's not made out of wood. It's just the inside's wood. The outside is metal. I try to make the same joke on the forums. And I try to make it as clear as possible that it was like, just to be funny. First first reply after that, your first mistake is is thinking that wood in in the Star Wars universe is the same as wood on Earth. Well, it's like, okay, clearly, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> clearly space isn't even the same in the Star Wars universe as it is in our universe. Yeah, it's got drag. Like, yeah. yeah, that's right. It's milky space, as we call it. It's very milky. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, so the other one is a kind of a first, the Skurg Bomber, which is going to be... Actually, it's not a true first. I mean, it's a multi-faction ship. We've had multi-faction ships before, but this is one that's coming out in the same pack, which I think has never happened. I love this thing. You like this ship, huh? Cool. I'm looking forward to talking about it. And then the third ship is the TIE Aggressor, which it looks like FFG is finally kind of dipping into the infinite bin of crazy TIE designs that the you know Star Wars community has come up with over the years. We're finally into the other side. Hopefully this is just a kind of a stopgap until the movies come out. But did you guys ever hear of this ship before it got announced in this way? I actually had uh heard of it um but i mean i never i'd much rather see the tie hunter or the yes uh, I was tie avenger exactly what i was gonna say tie hunter is a and actually uh, i almost submitted a i won a reddit custom card league with a tie hunter i made that i really mm. liked so maybe cool. i'll submit it to what was your stat other, line on, on on that oh man it was uh it talk talk for two seconds and i'll pull it up all right, cool. Because it's super interesting. Yeah, all right. So while he's looking it up, I'm going to walk through the cards. So first up, actually, let's talk about the uh, the ships themselves. So the Skurg Bomber is uh, three attack dice, one evade, five hull, five shield. As actions, it has focus, target lock, and maybe barrel roll, although the Reddit community thinks it's actually a boost. And then as upgrades, it's got elite, or sorry, this is the particular uh, pilot. It upgrades, it's got turret. Torpedo, missile, crew, bomb, and bomb. Wow, another turret ship. What do you guys think of this? It's also got a free title, too. Oh, and a free title, yep. 
which we'll talk about. Let's talk, I have to talk about it now. So it's Skurg only title, and your upgrade bar gains the was that a system slot? Yep, yep, and, and a salvage mech. And an, ooh, and a salvage mech, nice. And you lose the crew. Okay, that seems like a fair deal. But you have to equip non-unique. Uh, no, you cannot equip. Sorry, you cannot equip non-unique salvage mechs. <laughs> Got it. So you can only equip unique salvage mechs. Yes. Why didn't they just put it that way? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I guess the double negative is easier, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and that's a zero point title. So what do yeah, you guys think of the ship? What are your What are your thoughts? Uh, are you hoping it's barrel roll? Or are you hoping it's boost? I'm hoping for barrel roll. I'm also I'm hoping for barrel roll. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's barrel roll. But yeah, I I like the ship a lot. I love the look of it. I'm kind of weird. I kind of like when they delve into the EU or the the old, non-existent, the legends. I guess I should say. Especially with all the new material coming out, I, this might every time they they dig in that barrel, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if they're ever going to do it again. So I'm kind of kind of enjoying it for what it is. But yeah, I mean, it seems like it has a lot a lot of flexibility. Hopefully, not too much to the extent that we see scouts kind of be a problem. But I think you have a lot of tools that it should be a really fun ship to to fly. I, what do you think I'm, about uh, adding another turret to the game? Uh. I feel like turrets is more, well, here I go again, uh, more a TLT issue than a turret issue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm actually totally fine with turrets other than TLT in general. I think eventually, someday, FFG, I think they will have to address TLT in some fashion. I don't know what it is, but the the, the way it pushes two defense-sized ship and below it can't take auto-thrusters is pretty, pretty lame. But this... I, I love this ship because of the uh, what we like we were talking about earlier in the podcast. It seems like FFG has learned their lesson a little bit with giving too many upgrades on things, and I've ge- I've been praising FFG a lot for their ability for these titles that they do to make ships feel unique, like the how the Ark and the TSF titles make those two ships function very differently. And I love this Havoc title a ton because you can no longer have that crew. Um, so that means you can't be taking your Zuckus, your Forlom, and all that. But that the trade-off of that is you can get fire control or any of these other awesome systems. So it gives you limited, interesting flexibility. And yeah. I think we'll see a lot of really cool things come out of the Havoc and uh, the Skurg because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it gives you it gives you more options, but it doesn't give you too many options. Correct. So you, you get a pick between, like, hey... Maybe I really want to throw a crew on, but then you can't be like, oh, well, if I get a crew, I'm going to throw this on this and this and make this crazy combo. You, you have to make a decision there. Yeah, and that's, the other, that's, I love that. It's actually that. thematic in that the Rebels, you know, if they're getting the system slot and an astromech, that's a very Rebel kind of thing, right? Whereas the mm-hmm. scum guys tend to be more, like, crew-driven. So yeah, I think even I'm, the Havoc title has, like, a little orange Rebel line pasted there. Is this some kind of EU thing? Like, is this a historical item? Yeah, this is... Um, there's... There's uh, the pilot in this that we think we're going to see twice is Captain Nim, who's going to looks like he'll be for both Rebel and uh, Scum in this. Uh, uh, people all over have started to kind of look at that and parse the hidden card, like the half cards, and decide that he will be available for both. Um, and it's Captain Nim is in the uh, the canon, the current canon for Clone Wars and stuff, I believe. Mm-hmm. So before we go on, I just want to bring the tally up to kind of the current total of 
the nerfs that you guys are recommending. We got Jumpmasters, we got Sabine, and now it <laughs> sounds like you've added TLT to the pile. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know if your, your viewers are going to like me very Oh, no, we've already talked about this in the past. I mean, TLT is messed up. It's too strong. Right, right. And and when we talk about Sync Turret, I want to touch on that a little bit again. Okay. Uh, Blair, you, oh, want, uh, you want to do the next one? You want to talk about... Uh, we still got two more ships to go through. You want to talk about the Autozik Wookiee gunship? The Autozik Wookiee gunship looks like Setline has got three attack, one agility, six hole, three shields for 24 points, and then it comes with two crew and a modification, and then its actions are focus and reinforce. What does reinforce do? It's when they put more sap on the wood to keep it together. So that's what they do. <laughs> Uh, reinforce like an is, an ep- is an is an action from Epic where you place a in for this uh, there's your fore and your aft section so your front and your back and when you reinforce on the Azatuck you decide whether you'll take the fore or the aft section and you place a reinforce token and every single shot that comes at you from that section you will automatically get an added re- uh, evade to your defense. Cool. That would explain the 180 firing arc. Yes, yeah. So do you guys think that this ship is going to be competitive without barrel roll or boost? I actually think that I would really, really love to see four of these four of these guys with the Wookiee Commandos, which is um, a 1.2 crew upgrade that lets you re-roll your eyeball results. I'd love to see four of these go against four TLT and see what happens. Mm, that's a good matchup. Because Reinforce is really powerful and these guys are incredibly survivable like more than you'd think i think i think these guys you know you got to look at the cost and compare them to a b-wing and a g1a and you have to decide how much the 180 firing arc and the reinforce will allow it to survive especially the reinforce survive longer than those other two ships Mm -hmm. because we don't see a lot of b-wings sorry blair and g1a's played so Will this see play? Yeah, that's. I didn't even consider the implications of facing off with TLTs. Does does the reinforce token? Does it give you the evade for both shots? Yeah, TLT, yeah. It's know? every. It, it should be every attack that comes yep. every time you're rolling dice. You'll get one yeah, added evade. Uh, it's, well, I mean, it's one agility still. Yeah, it's one agility. But, but still, I mean, that's that's something. So that would be interesting. But yeah, it, like you said, I, I, it's easy to compare it to the B wing because it does kind of. Without seeing the dial, we don't know for sure, but it does right. kind of have a jousty feel. Yeah, I, I mean, three attack, pretty bulky, one agility, looks like a B-wing. Does it fly like one? That, I think that'll be the, the true tale. Right, I think probably what will happen is we'll see things that add eyeball result dice. Like, they've only got one, but if there's some effect that'll add an eyeball result that they can then re-roll, kind of like, you know, how Finn works. Right. Um, or how uh, Nora works. Yeah, we'll see. I think the pilot abilities will be big on these guys, too. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's do the third ship. K-Dub, you want to walk us through it? The TIE Aggressor? Yeah, for sure. So the TIE Aggressor has two attack, two agility, four hole, one shield. Actions are focus, target lock, and barrel roll. Upgrades, and this is massive for Imperials, turret, and double missile. It's crazy to me how... The bomber is one point less and has an extra hit point and and more upgrades. Really, it's just the turret 
is the only thing that the specialist has that the bomber doesn't. We don't know what the dial looks like that's either. That's probably that's you, the dial. You got to think is going to be really good to make up the difference. Is yeah, turrets. Turrets lot is pretty valuable though. So I don't know. I guess you do have to kind of consider that. But yeah, I mean that is interesting. The bomber dial is pretty atrocious though. So yeah, I, I think yeah. the thing we have to discuss with these is. How the, the we talked about it on ours. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on how four of these guys with TLT and lightweight frame compared to the T, the four the quad TLT carriers of the other factions. Yeah, question for I, Bob Bramble. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. I think it's good to, think, to give you a, my initial reaction that they're going to have three evade dice. They're going to have the time, TLT. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I don't like is the low hit points. They kind of feel like a the Imperial Hawk. In the in that they got four and one, except mm-hmm. they're better. They got a built-in mm-hmm. turret, and they've got two attack dice as opposed to one attack dice. Right. And they'll probably yeah, have a better I, dial than the hawk. I bet this is just going to be like if you like flying hawks around. I bet this would be a fun shit. Unhinged is pretty important to the quad TLT scum variation. Well, that because the, so, that's because the Y wing dial blows. Right. Right. So, so yeah, this, I, an, another one where the dial is going to be pretty telling. It seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the synced turret on these guys. So this is a, a new turret. It's four cost, and the way it works is you have to have a target lock on your target, and then you can attack one ship, even something that isn't in your firing arc. It's a 360-degree turret. If the defender is inside your primary arc, you can re-roll the number of attack dice up to your primary weapon value. So a kind of, you know a three-attack dice turret ship... Are there any three attack dice turret ships? Oh yeah, I guess there are. And I mean, the no. YT twenty four hundred, um, or should the and the YT twelve hundred rather, thirteen hundred can fly this. What what's another three attack dice ship? That's native turret. No, De- well, decimator has a primary weapon turret as Desi, the YT yeah, okay, the de- so the Desi will get three rerolls. No, no, no. But this, 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 this is turret. No, this is a turret upgrade though. This is an for, this is an actual yeah. weapon. It's not like it's going with decimator, and it's like you're you're. Yeah, I understand that, but like the hawk, when he's using this, is just going to get oh, one easily got re-roll. it, got it, got it. But like Doesn't a desi or a twelve hundred is going to get three rerolls. I just Which don't is... see any world where I'd want this over TLT. Yeah, right now. and that's that's the truth about the turret slot. And I just wanted to kind of mention, like it's it's not even that you need the target lock. It's not even that it's four points. It's that it's range one to two. Yeah. You look at yep. what what does TLT have over every other turret? Mm-hmm. It, it can hit you at range three. Yeah. And that is so big to what TLT does. Yeah. So, so big. And until until there are other turrets that can hit you at range three, there's, there's basically no reason to take anything yeah. other than TLT. There just isn't. It's so good because of the secondary weapon ability. And exactly. If you, if exactly. you look at how big that range three donut is it's like in terms of like mass it's like pretty much as big as range one and two combined so right yeah so you get a bigger area to fire at plus you're shooting at range three where a lot of times you're getting a bonus defense dice and they're not so it's just like why would you ever want anything that doesn't give you when you give you that range three when you have the option to have a really strong ability and be able to fire at something at range three. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So let's do the last card. 
that they spoiled unguided rockets so there's a three I attack love this dice. one it's cool yeah it's three attack dice it uses up two missile slots you have to have a focus to to fire it and if you do fire it then your attack dice can be modified only by spending a focus token for the standard effect range one to three and it's two points so ryan you like it i do it's phenomenal because you don't discard it you use it forever Yep. Like it's the only like it's that only it's the only munition right now that you don't get rid of. And it suddenly, you know how lightweight frame we said was kind of like an evade to like adding it make, makes your agility two and a half basically. Kind of makes a lot of these two attack dice ships that have munitions kind of two and a half attack the other way, which I really like. You know, I and love the secondary the, weapon too, which is nice. Right. So I love putting these on tie bombers, right? And you just you just suddenly their their attack dice are a little more viable. Like you can throw this on Tomax Bren. You know what I mean? You could throw this on. I think I think you can put this on like three bombers and then add some more fluff. And it's just it's really nice. And that um, being able to fire it at range three is also really really helpful. So what else can yeah. make this besides bombers? Like Punishers? Are there any other ships that have double missile? Fall? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's bomber punisher and the yeah the tigressor, um, yeah, for the imperials. So this I is think kind of an imperial. They're everyone. kind of trying to help the imperials out, eh? Almost like they need help. Well, the, yeah, I mean <laughs> those three ships do need help. So or yeah. the two, I guess. <laughs> you don't say. I actually do think I know we'd like to laugh a whole lot about the punisher, but I think that this really does help that ship out because the punisher is terrible, but <laughs> like it's not good. However, if you 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 know throw this thing on and then maybe throw a lightweight frame on it, it that you're adding a f- like more points. But I've played against some Punisher squads where I vastly underestimated their survivability, and if they want to get something off, they're going to get it off. So I I I'm not sure if this will fix the Punisher, but maybe it'll be enough for you every once in a while walking around a tournament to see it on a board. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So initially, when I first saw this upgrade. Well, first off, I was like, oh, it's garbage. But then I realized you didn't discard it. Um, <laughs> but then I also was like very skeptical. I was like, oh, is that really that good? But then someone kind of gave it to me this way. They're like, if you would you pay two points for the Inquisitor's ability? You know, because in a lot of ways, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I would definitely play, pay two points for the Inquisitor's ability. And then they're like, well, that's unguided rockets. And I was like, oh, when you look at it that way, I mean, the, the focus restriction is is a little difficult. Um, but, I mean, like Ryan said, you know, it helps. I mean, it, it's, it's, it is, the Punisher needs the help, so anything is going to help. Uh, I mean, this is this is something. It's it's not quite the Inquisitor, because the Inquisitor usually right, can right. focus, target, lock, evade, which is a yeah. lot different. He gets that, and, those full modifiers. But let me just say... Yeah, it's... The range three is real nice, but as someone who flies little swarmy ships a lot, it's hard to get that focus every time. Sometimes when you're setting up, you gotta set up your blocks. You sometimes you gotta self bump yourself and barrel roll. Sometimes you got a K turn. It's hard to get that focus every single time. And if you don't, now you're shutting down your offense. Not only that. But now you can't spend your focus on defense either. So you have to spend it to live occasionally, and then you're potentially not doing any damage back. 
on yeah. your turn shot. So yeah, I, I am excited that. for it. That's an important point. I'm excited for it, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. All right, Lyle. I think right. that's it. All right, let's keep going. So that was wave 11. Three ships. I bet we'll see more, but if it's just three, I'm not going to complain. All right, so let's transition to our main topic tonight. So my theory here is that we are in the golden age of Rebel list building. There are so many cool combinations there in the Rebel tool deck that you could just spend all day in a squad builder coming up with silly stuff. And so that's what we're going to do. I We're going to do a little game with you guys and going to give each of you a ship to pick from the Rebel portfolio. I think you've each chosen three. And I'm going to ask you guys to give us some Rebel jank related to that ship. And just to say it again, our definition of jank is stuff that is more fun than competitive. In the right hands, it's going to be competitive, but it's mostly based on quirky combinations, unusual uh, things that happen in the game. Uh, it's really more silly than serious. So let's jump in. I want to start with the A-Wing since it's the second ship in the list uh, behind the arc, and I've got Ryan here, who is yep. arguably one of the A-Wing's biggest fans, I think, in the podcasting community at least. So, Ryan, yeah. give us your jankiest jank A-Wing build. All right, so obviously I'm a huge fan of five A-Wings with snap crack. I'm a huge fan of spamming them, but I think there can be times where one a-wing can be incredibly effective in a squad so i'm going to pitch uh running arvel Cyrnid with auto thrusters huh? uh, sna- uh a two ship that no one ever flies right yeah so arvel is you may declare an enemy ship inside your firing arc that you are touching as the target of your attack um so i like arvel with proton rockets and snapshot and oh. obviously a-wing so- test pilot you can sh- get off your snapshot if they're touching you, and you can get off your proton rockets if you're running into them. Or yeah, you know, absolutely. You just kind of ram Arvel in there, and what's so great about him is you're you're just kind of using him as a um, kind of a sheepdog, and you're hurting people because a lot of times when I've played with Arvel, they get really tentative about getting obviously too close because if you bump into him, oh man, suddenly he's going to procket the the crap out of you. Be afraid. I also. Yeah, and the other thing I really, really love with Arvel, about Arvel too is um, pairing Arvel with something like, if we're looking for things more jank to pair with, um, pairing Arvel with um, a Seji um, to let him use uh, Seji's focuses for the procket, or uh, Ahsoka to get focuses. is There are lots of ways for Arvel to get a focus for that procket, other, if you just want to ram him in their bump. But what's I think the coolest thing about him is being able to just bump people and or have people bump into you and still get that snapshot snapshot off so that's my mm-hmm. a-wing jank don't cool. don't forget garvin as a way to to give him a right. focus <laughs> yeah totally well that's i mean garvin garvin actually works really well with that because um i believe garvin is a high is the same ps so yep. they're both sixes so i mean if you want to have a ps6 party there it is <laughs> yep all right so let's keep going i'll go next so here's my Rebel Jank. I got the uh, the Hawk, and it's going to take the cheapest one, the Rebel Operative, the 16-point, and I'm going to give it Operation Specialist. So the Op Specialist is a crew card, and it says that after a ship at range 1 to 2 of you performs an attack that doesn't hit, you can assign one focus token to a friendly ship at range 1-3 of the attacker. So the way this works is that the Rebel Operative only has one attack dice. He will shoot. He's pretty much guaranteed to miss. 
And when he <laughs> does miss, you can then op spec off of that miss and provide a focus to some ship. Nice. Uh, I, I like to pair this with uh, Aaron Kraken and Swarm Tactics. So I'll have Aaron swarm in the operative. The operative will take a shot. It'll pass a focus and miss. Then Kraken will take a shot and also pass an action. It's a way of generating effectively two actions off of uh, off of that ability. And it only costs you you know, 19 points. It's a total steal. I recommend everyone try it. <laughs> That's my submission. Uh, Much better than going. the Tommy Mind Link. Kevin, let's do you next. Uh, you chose the T-70, the B-Wing, and the E-Wing. I want to hear your E-Wing, dude. I really want to hear it because I couldn't come up with a good one. All right. So just as a reminder, this is Rebel Jank. So I went with uh, Eton, Eton Abbott. His ability is when an enemy ship inside your firing arc at range 1 to 3 is defending, the attacker may change one of its hit results to a crit result. So we're going kind of munition-based here. So... The setup is he has stay on target and advanced sensors and targeting astromech. So the way that works is you'll use stay on target to do a red maneuver after you use advanced sensors to either to, to use a focus and then targeting astromech will trigger giving you a target lock. And then he also has plasma torpedoes and guidance chips. So you get a full mod target lock and, well not full mod, I guess if it's plasma torps, but you do get the, the target lock for plasma torps as well as a focus with that combination to fire that off. So, I, I tried my best guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds about as effective as you can make that at all. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fun. It's something I've ran on a casual night. It's, it's fun to do the advanced sensors, then the red move, then the targeting astromech and catch someone yeah. off guard with that, at least on the initial pass. Yeah. I wish it wasn't so overcosted because I do love the E-wing chassis. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just too pricey. Yeah, unfortunately. Blair, what, right. about, what about you? What, do, what so did I've, you? I've got Gold Squad with title, ion turret, bomb loadout, and then basically your choice of bomb from that point. If you want to run, you can run four of them with ions or seismics. And basically, the idea is you, if they're jousting. You shoot them, you ionize them, you drop a bomb in front of them, K turn behind them, and you can you can drop a thermal detonator or another ion bomb and ionize them again, and then you'll be they're stunned, no actions. You can also do thermal detonators with to compare that with your ion turret, stress plus ion. Everyone loves that, right? Uh, I've run it a couple times. It's not bad. The only thing is not too many lists jousts anymore, and there's so many big base ships that. Ionization is not as good, but there's so many ships out there. If you can ionize them, you can be in big, big trouble. So that's what I got. That is no. That sound. Oh, you know, I that I'm glad you said that, Blair, because we've been talking a lot um, internally over here, and we think Ion it is in a decent place to make a comeback because one thing Miranda absolutely hates is getting ioned. Everyone I mean, hates getting ioned, like. But she's uh, most susceptible. Yeah, really she susceptible. Hates her for sure. Yeah, but like Fen, any inter interceptor esque ship mm -hmm. or a, sh a ship that leans on its dial, like Scouts, for example, they hate being ionized. Granted, you'd have to hit a Scout twice with the ion turret, right. but I think yeah, ion is definitely not if you can make it work. So. Right, and the thing with Miranda is by ioning her, you may also means she can't do that three bank slam yep. that. Can, get away. Yeah, go one one. Like, oh no. Like, <laughs> go ahead and one bank. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Well, all um, right. 
Go ahead, Ryan. Give us your second yeah. one. Okay, so this one is pretty ridiculous and pretty expensive, but I really love it. So I'm going to talk about the U-Wing, which hasn't seen a whole lot of play. So we're talking uh, Heftober, which is 24 points. After an enemy ship executes a maneuver that causes it to overlap your ship, you may perform a free action. So I'm running Hef with anti-pursuit lasers, seismic torpedo, Lando Calrissian crew, and saboteur crew. So All in. I've just kind of thrown everything on Hef that you can get a to add options for the actions he can take. Because normally you can just take a focus or a target lock. But now somebody bumps into me. And this, remember, this isn't just once. This is any time that enemy ship bumps me. I can perform mm-hmm. a free action. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I'm going to first time, I'm going to launch that seismic torpedo. Um, well, first they're going to get hit me with anti, hit my anti-pursuit lasers. Mm-hmm. And that, or, you know, let's say I'm in a bad spot, just Lando Calrissian it up, you know, mm-hmm. get myself some focus and evades. And, or they hit me, okay, that's fine. Let's say I put a face down damage on them with my AP lasers. Now I'm just going to free Saboteur to see if I made that a crit. To see if you did, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Never. <laughs> Saboteur sucks. Did you but... guys see that? So after that huge nerf, the huge nerf we just had, everyone just started talking about giving buffs to cards, which they've, they've never really done that, have they? Like anything no. big. I wonder Cluster if they ever will. About it. Oh, yeah, Cluster Mines. Right. Yep. And the Seek, I guess. Well, yeah, they've done it with A-Wing and the Tempest. But I'm talking, like, just an upgrade card, just just changing the text. I wish they would for Saboteur so bad, because if that if they made it a little bit better, I totally think that card would be awesome. Like, I the, agree. The theme of it, just, like, not having to hit someone, it's just, like, yeah, just the way it is now. I almost might change out Anti-Pursuit, for ion projector, Ryan. So they just keep oh, slamming so they continue. You, you know what? That is much smarter. That's probably a better thing. So you just keep getting those free actions. Yeah, that's that's smart. I I also think on that same vein, I'm just going to chime in that I think that having the uh, astromex, like there's so many astromex that never get used. What harm so is it many. To really? What harm is it to make to like buff some of them and take the action requirement right. off? For some yeah. of them, and you just let them do it. Like the one where you have to take an action and then you have to roll. Yeah. Like it should just be you just roll. Like yeah. I'm at, uh, there's the one that lets you like heal yourself. Like R five D eight. R five D eight. Yeah, you still have to roll for that and well, take R- an action. How about R five K six? Granted, it was yeah. wave one, so I can understand. But you have to after you spend a lock, you roll a defense die. And on an evade, you get the lock back, but it has to be on the same ship. No, that should honestly, Blair. If there was one rebel astromech that I would immediately errata to just working, it would be that. You have fire control system. Just exactly. make that right. make that an astromech that's the same as fire control yeah. system. How it's, broken could it really yeah. be? It should be automatic, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, I'm ready to do mine. I got a good one for you. This is the Paul Heaver special. It's Hera in an attack shuttle. And so her special ability is when she reveals a red or green maneuver, she can rotate her dial to another maneuver of the same difficulty. Okay. Then she's got the first Paul Heaver World Champion card, Stay on Target. So that's when you reveal a maneuver, you can rotate your dial to another maneuver of the same speed. Treat that maneuver as a red maneuver. Follow? Yeah, so nice. it's a red... second, second time we're hitting that card. I use that one in mine, too. <laughs> yeah, because it's a red that... maneuver, it'll trigger Hera's ability. Uh, she's got an engine upgrade. And then the final 
upgrade is Paul's most recent world champion card, Boshek, which is that if someone runs into you, you can basically, or rather, when the ship you're touching activates, if you're touching a ship and it activates, then you can change their dial. So this is basically a Boshek delivery system using Paul's other card stay on target with the person whose natural abilities seem to work best with it, uh, which is Hera. The only thing is that Hera like, moves so later. Well, yeah. well, that's good in this case, right? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it is good. Never mind. Well, the, when you're doing a late a ship that uh, high PS with Boshek, you're setting up there to screw them up in their next planning yeah, phase. Yeah, in the next turn, yep. But you got me thinking now, Lyle. Does Kanan Jarrus would totally work there? Would he? No, never mind. Because it's a red move, so you're not going to remove that stress. Are you? When is the stress assigned? That's stress interesting. Stress will get assigned probably when they do stay on target. When they reveal them, you reveal the thing, you'll move your, change your dial, it's a red, you'll then get the stress. Yeah, you, you just treat the maneuver as red. Like any normal so, red maneuver. So Kanan when... would help you get off the stress. But he doesn't work that turn, though, does he? No. Okay. Only when you're with white. All right. But it'd be nice to have someone that could maybe have Hera, if you wanted to have the options open for Hera, something that can swap pilot skill with her. And I think there's an ability to let you do that, right? It's Well, decoy, but that's decoy. only for combat. Yeah, it's only for combat, yeah. Well, okay, right. been... Yeah, okay, it doesn't work. Well, I still think it's a pretty good combo. It's pretty janky, right? Yeah. All right, let's yeah, keep going. Uh, let's do what's left. I think, we got the B -wing. I think it's K Dub's turn. Yeah, the T seventy or the yeah. B wing. Your your two choices. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm. I think I'm going to save my my ten num for last. So my T seventy build. I was thinking about doing a neon num. I ended up going with the never seen blue ace. You may have even forgot he blue, exists. I love blue ace. I, th love I think you might ace. be on the same track as as I am with this one. Then Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so the so his ability is when performing a boost action, you may use the one-turn, hard-turn template. So what I have is I have R2-D6, which is the droid, which lets you take an elite, and I'm putting Daredevil on him, which yes. allows you to use a boost action to execute the one hard-turns as a boost action. And you take stress. But I put on Prime Thruster, so if you want to, you can do it two turns in a row. And then astro integrated astromech as well. So basically, you use his ability, and you can do oh maybe I'd, you can do the hard turn two twice in a row. Oh wait, maybe I messed this up. <laughs> either way, either way, get really you cool. in the end. <laughs> uh, I thought you were just going to say. There's a way to do it though. I, I'll have to figure it out. I, I thought right. you were just going to say go with blue ace and R seven T one so that you can roll right. up next mm. to a ship take a target lock, and then... Oh, it's got to be in your arc. Um, <laughs> but you could still... I've done that before, though. I've played Blue Ace with R7-T1, where you roll up, take a target lock, then hard turn into them mm -hmm. out of their arc or something. I don't know. Well, if you're, Come if back you're, to me on this one. I, I'm, I'm going to try and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. If you're in a spot where like you can't turn, get turned around fast enough to get a shot then you could use RT-71 and his ability to turn even harder and get them in arc. Right, yeah. Right. I'm looking at all... Well, as we're doing this, I'm just like... Because I never play these cards. And I'm like, Daredevil's three points? Like, really? Right, like, right. I know. So, so what you need to do, I figured it out, is you need to put Experimental Interface on there. And oh, then you can do the it. boost that's boost. That's it. For okay, the double so, stress. All right. all right, can we pause there and talk about my Tycho 
list that I was going to do, do instead of yours? Okay, so it's Tycho with Rage. Well, Tycho with Experimental Interface. I'll start with that. He's then got Rage. <laughs> he's got A-Wing Test Pilot. And he's got Push the Limit. And, I love uh, this. Proton Rockets. So the way it works is it's his turn. He'll take an action like a base. He will then uh, take another action like uh, Focus. Then he can take a third action because he's got Experimental Interface. And he can take the Rage action. And he'll get the uh, two more stress, so he's at three stress now with the two focus, the target lock, and the evade. And if he's at range one, he can drop the rockets on you. Nice. It's pretty awesome. I'm sure you've tried this before. Yeah, uh, I love those Tycho Ryan. builds. Yeah, I have. Um, Tycho Rage is one of the first things I tried when Rage came out. And um, it's so much fun. Just make sure you bring a bucket of stress tokens. Yeah. But then I stopped playing because I came up against someone with black market slicer tools, and that was no fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dead in four turns. <laughs> so done. We almost don't need PTL, though, Lyle, because you take an action, and then rage is basically focus target lock anyway. So you EI to rage. Fine, you can boost. And I, I like, if um, you have to boost, yeah. For pocket. I, kind, for pocket. I kind of like wired yeah. on him. No, or push like is better shot. for the boost. Yeah, if you have to boost, but then it's like you could. I guess you'd boost evade. Oh, boost yep. evade. Yeah, that's what it but was. If you want to go pure offense and save points, you could just drop PTL for like crack shot. True. Anyway. All right. So well, you're a man with the big ideas. I, w- I want to hear your T65 list, Blair. You volunteer to take it. I want to hear it. So you can probably since it's jank it's anything but bigs i think qualifies agreed but i swear to god i actually won i won a vasily game with this list i swear to god but it was we talked about this when when bb8 was first announced but it's wedge bb8 ptl and integrated and it's pretty simple really basically you use bb8 bb8 is for anyone who doesn't fly which no one does but when you reveal green maneuver you perform a free barrel roll action so you reveal your green you perform a barrel roll, you push off that, you do a green to clear it, and then you take a second action. So you're basically just doing focus target lock. You could take vector thrusters if you want, but I just like integrated. And it's actually not t- because at PS9, if you go with an initiative bid, he can move after everything, and they're never sure if he's going to boost right or left. And then you're getting focus target lock with agility reduction. He actually hits pretty damn hard. I ran him with bigs. And three tallas, and I swear to God, I won a Vasily game with it. So that's my T65. I like it. I only have one small modification, which is I would drop the integrated astromech and replace it with engine upgrade. If you're throwing good money after bad, it's very janky. Your PS9, that boost is excellent. Yes. You're going to need it for repositioning. Yeah, and plus then you can barrel roll. You got boost and barrel roll. Well, you can barrel roll, then boost, or barrel roll, move, then boost. Yeah. Right. It's going to be a lot funner, right? According to the jank definition. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Ryan, we need your last ship. You give us U Wing, give us an A Wing. You didn't tell us what your third ship was going to be, so. Uh... I did not. So. Can we come back to you? <laughs> yes. All right. We're still, still trying to get it to work. <laughs> all right. So I'm not going to flop on this one. I've worked it all out. This actually works. So this is. 10 num is your b-wing list yes this is my b-wing list 10 num his ability when attacking one of your 
crit results cannot be cancelled by defense dice. Mm -hmm. So I have him with veteran instincts bringing him in in at PS10. This this is basically the ultimate ace hunter. Um, And then he has mangler cannon to enable him to get that crit result, that uncancelable crit. And then he has the B-Wing E2 mod to allow him to bring a crew. And the crew he brings is Hotshot Copilot. Which is, when attacking with a primary weapon, the defender must spend one focus token if able. And when defending, the attacker must spend one focus token if able. So the idea is, you fire on an ace like Fenrau, use the Mangler Cannon, you put that uncancelable crit on them, and then they're forced to spend their focus token, even though the crit is uncancelable. So then they're, they lose that focus token for your next round of shots on them as well. All cool. for a cheap 41 points. Yeah. <laughs> Blair, you're not supposed to let him know that. <laughs> so I think that this whole kind of B-Wing with title card is a whole mind, a whole theme that you can mine pretty hard for Rebel Jank. So yeah. I've got a couple right. here. I've got title um, Hera and fire control systems. So with Hera crew, she can the B-Wing can do red maneuvers, so you can do hard ones, and you can do K-turns. But because you've got Hera and fire control systems, you can knife fight like a just a, a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my knife fighting B-Wing. And then my stress hog's best friend. So this one's for you, Blair. It's for your B-Wing hog list. You put the title on the B-Wing, and then you give it inspiring recruit uh, mm. to help out the hog. It's only two points, and you've got your hog's best friend. Yeah. Nice. I, I also had a B-Wing for my last ship. That is a 42-point B-Wing. <laughs> Just to outdo K-Dub by one point? Okay. Yeah. and you know, you know, it's it's not great, but it actually is awesome. So it's Nira Dantel's with Deadeye, fire control system. Wait, tell us Nira's ability right quick. So- oh, yeah. Sorry. So Nira's ability is you may perform uh, torpedo secondary weapon attacks against enemy ships outside your firing arc. So I'm talking Nira Dantel's. With Deadeye, Fire Control System, Extra Munitions, Ion Cannon, Advanced Proton Torpedoes, and Hera. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's not going to work. But if it does, it's great. All you do is you Ion them, and then you just do, you know, you you can move, still keep doing your three banks and whatnot with your B-Wings, your four forwards. And, you know, you have your Fire Control that you could used for your advanced proton torpedo. Or you know what? If you have a focus, you can just use that. And anybody that's in range one of Nira is just gonna explode. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna they're just gonna get immediately destroyed. It's not good, but it is <laughs> fun. If yeah, you that's can what get I was gonna work. say. N- Nira is like the the definition of, of Rebel Jank. Like she is so fun to fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just that having having that torpedo uh uh, bubble is, is, is so much fun to see see your opponent squirm 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 around it and try to figure out what they're gonna do. I love uh, how you say great pilot. Anyone at range one dies, and then like you go up against Fen, and he like dodges the pro the advanced proton torpedo, like, <laughs> uh, and then kills you coming back. <laughs> yeah, that that does kind of suck. I do wish ion torpedoes weren't five points because I uh, think that yeah. would be awesome on her. Yeah. Ion torpedoes should be like three or one. How are point. they five points? Good I God. don't know. They don't do anything. They do damage. They do damage. Wait, weren't you just I, saying that Ion's coming back? I mean, they're clearly it's nerfing back. future Ryan yeah, here. But 
you have to be able to run it for less than a billion points. <laughs> like, man, okay, I but... like ion, ion cannon, ion torpedoes are not great. I do like ion turret on Y wings. Yeah, meta. Yeah. But... All right. So it would be nice if they could go out to range three, though. It would be nice if they could. <laughs> Just go. saying. It'd be a little. I'd be a little. Just I'd man. be scared. I'd be scared. All right. So Blair, uh, you still got a third ship, but if you don't want to run it. I, we can close down with the, the new queen of Rebel Jank that we haven't talked about yet, Ashoka. All right, go ahead. All right, so Ashoka, I think she's the new queen of Jank. Do you guys, what do you think about this? I mean, oh, totally agreed. Yeah, she's oh man, she she's awesome. Yeah, so she, and she's competitive too. For example, Nathan I'd make top table at Hoth, or excuse me, yeah, at Hoth uh, with Biggs, Ashoka, and Corrin. And so let's talk about Ashoka. Her basic ability, and it's pretty powerful is that effectively at the start of combat she can take a, a focus token and choose one friendly ship at range one and can then perform a free action so she's sort of kind of like a better form of uh any of the other focus handoffs that you can do with rebel uh i, I think you got Rourke or rather Kalkatarn and um the extra garvin. garvin yeah and also aaron kraken can give an action after he fires yeah, and Kraken. Uh, and so Rebels already had options here. So that alone doesn't make her so great. But what makes her great is that she's PS7, and if you put her up to PS... If you give her VI, she's up to PS9. This is one of those staple cards on her, I think. And once she's mm -hmm. on PS9, you can give her the captured TIE title. And the way that title works is that enemy ships with a pilot skill lower than yours cannot declare you as a target of an attack. So if you're a PS8 Omega Leader, there's nothing you can do. You yep. can't shoot at her. So that, that's the base chassis, VI, capture tie. And then on top of that, you can start adding uh, what will probably be a staple card. It's Sabine's Masterpiece, which is the two-point title that gives you a crew slot and an illicit slot. And I think this is where all the creative jank list building happens. Uh, Nathan, in his the list that he took to Hoth, puts Sabine Wren, who is definitely not need nerfing, uh, definitely not OP. <laughs> This is two-point crew. And then as bombs, he put thermal detonators on. And as his illicit card, he put something truly janky, a scavenger crane, so that after the bombs go off, uh, if you kill something, you can scav that thing back and then keep bombing again. And because bomb yep. actions aren't considered attacks, even though she bombs you, you still can't shoot on her. She's just flying around yep. bombing you, and you've got nothing. Absolutely filthy. A six, a Tie Fighter with six upgrades on it. Who would have ever thought? And not, not Imperial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's but talk yeah. about some other stuff you can throw on her. I really like Ray as a two-point crew, and so mm -hmm. what Ray works is lets you bank focus tokens. So at the end of your combat, if you don't have a focus token on, or if you still have a focus token, you can bank it onto Ray, and then you can bring it on at the start of combat which is right when Ashoka's ability kicks in. So yep. Ray synergizes beautifully with Ashoka in that you effectively got a pool of focus tokens that you can just keep using to hand out actions. Yeah, it's right. really good. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you guys like besides those two? I think they're, those are probably the two big ones. Do you have any other things that have caught your eye? I've seen EMP, EMP mm -hmm. device, for the same reason. She doesn't have to fire. And EMP uh, goes really beautifully with a stress hog because you can imp them and then the hog can hit them with stress. And yep. now you get the effect that you guys were talking about before, which is ion and stress combos. Yep. Yeah, I hadn't thought about this until now, but she might be one of those ships that could do Boshek stuff. Yeah. If you just like, because no one's going to be able to shoot back at her. 
So just mm-hmm. ram her into something, and then they're yeah. She doesn't, I, uh, she doesn't have to worry. Dude, that's about brilliant, K Dog. That that is an awesome insight. That hadn't occurred to me, but she's an incredibly good bowshot carrier. Uh, <laughs> so I got one. What about Jen Urso or Jan Ors? So with Jen Urso, you choose one friendly ship at range one two. Assign one focus token to that ship for each enemy ship inside your firing arc at range one three. <clears throat> I think she's fun if you're feeding that those tokens to bigs. If you're Feeding the tokens to yourself, Ray is almost always better, I want to say. Yeah. But in, in Nathan's list, you, you feed him to Biggs or Corrin. Give Corrin like three focuses for defense and double tap. That's pretty filthy right there. That is good. That's true. That's true. Nathan's also incredible with Corrin. Mm-hmm. And what and about well Janowers? Converting focuses into evades. More stuff for Biggs? But who's gonna? You got to spend a focus is the thing, and now she can. I usually Jan isn't really worth it unless you have just a wall of focuses. To... Well, no, the way it would work is Biggs would take a focus naturally, and then when Jan would pass him an action, or excuse me, when Ashoka would pass him an action, he could convert that into an evade. Yeah, but once Biggs dies, then 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 what are you gonna do? Cry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've seen. I, if, if we're talking real jank. Here. I've seen like Janowers with two T70s with like Com Relay, and you feed them, you feed them the evades like in the yeah. first two rounds. Yeah. All right. So Ashoka, the queen of jank. So yeah, let's bring this particular segment to a close. We're gonna we're gonna move on to our final bit of the night, and that is our competition for the Sea Rock. So we got a ton of submissions. So to bring everyone up to speed, I've kind of stupidly said that we're gonna give away a whole Sea Rock. Even though Kelvin said we had no money in the budget for it, that you know the booze and drugs, you know, were more important. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're we're giving away a Sea Rock, and we got how many entries did we get, Blair? It was over thirty. Yeah, at least thirty. There were some really really good ones, and I wish I was good enough at Epic to explain them to you. So Blair took the Yeoman's task of boiling it down to his top two, and then we're gonna go through them. Right now, and then us as a group is going to determine who gets it based on which of the two we like better. Blair, sorry to put you on the spot. Thanks for uh, taking one for the team. Are you ready to give us the two lists that you've uh, selected? I'm ready. All right, let's hear it. I had to do a lot of research to find out what Epic Upgrade cards did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so number one, and before we begin, what narrowed it down were two things. Well, three things, really. First off, we've said this before many times, and this was sort of like if you Scone Villain listeners do your homework, when you submit these lists, we want you to type the entire list out. It makes it much, much, much easier for this. We've said this on numerous episodes. If you just sent us a link, I I skipped over you. We had 30-plus, so if you sent a link, I'm sorry, but we've been doing this ever since we started doing these list submissions second thing is I was looking for people who you could tell they really put in a lot of time to it. If they said they'd played a game or two with it, that helped. Not necessarily with the Sea Rock, because obviously you can't play with that yet on Vassal, but the filler is what I was looking for. A lot of people just turned in a list that was you could tell they just built a Sea Rock real quick and then spammed you know, Jump Masters or Aggressors. Six, sk- aggressors. We had so many of those just for IGs and then whatever. So I was looking for something that had a little more variety in there because that was the title of the episode, Jank. 
And the the last thing was I liked when people when they could really spell out what they were looking to do with their list and they had a strategy behind it. And so the the two guys that really filled that the best what I thought. First one was Chris Wright and he called his list Sickum Skickum Boys. He's got <laughs> the Sea Rock Cruiser with Zuckus. This was pre-Zuckus nerf, so I'm sure he'd probably change that to Greeter or something, but Zuckus, Tactician, Heavy Laser Turret, Engineering Team, Cluster Bombs, Slicer Tools, Tabana Gas Supplies, and Automated Protocols. And then he's got Assage with Push the Limit, Tactician, Two Rigged Cargo Shoots, Tidal, Gyroscopic Targeting, Four Lom with PTL, Sensor Jammer, Ketsu, Deadman Switch, Miss Hunter, Tractor Beam, Cable with VI, Bomb, Auto Blaster Engine, Proton Bombs, and then four Tansari Point Veterans with Crackshot, Heavy Title, and Flechette Cannon, and then Sunny Bounder with the Heavy Title and Auto Blaster. And here's how he explained it all. The idea of this list is to try and throw stress around and then deal a whale of damage using the slicer tools. He he freely admits Zuckus probably needs an FAQ for uh, Epic Ships. This must have been like right before they nerfed it, but... Well, I, I just want to let you know, Blair, the reason... Because Epic this, don't, don't take stress. Yep, they discard him Im- immediately, right. exactly. Okay. So Zuckus is even more broken <laughs> on an Epic Ship than it already was. But it says the gas supplies are there for the occasion when you have a lot of stress ships nearby that you want to punch a lot of damage onto, but you don't quite have the energy. Cluster bombs are if someone gets in too close on your sea rock, and then everything else is basically there to just deal stress to veterans and Assage. Cable is kind of just a ace hunter, sort of forlom as well, and then he's got dead man switch as well. And then, yeah, it's basically just inflict maximum damage. You've also got lats and automated protocols to help with all that stress you're dealing out, and it makes the sea rock super tanky, and... That was really it. I really liked it. So that's that's number one. And number two, let me scroll down through all these here. Yeah, and K-Dub and uh, Ryan, I've pasted the this list into the main doc. Dude, I'm yeah, I, I right took now. a look at it earlier. Cool. And then the second one was from Mike Manners. And he called it Black Sun Rising. He's got the Sea Rock with Asmorgon, Boa Fett, Single Turbo Lasers, Engineering Team, Comms Booster, two Comms Boosters, Merchant One Title, Greedo, and Sensor Team. And then Zizor with Swarm Leader, Ion Torpedoes, Virago, Auto Thruster, Sensor Jammer, Scavenger Crane, Sisaru with Mind Link, Heavy, Title, Pulse Ray Shield, Tractor Beam, Quinn with VI, Heavy, Guidance Chip, Thread Tracer, Enaldra with Mind Link, Heavy Title, Mangler, Pulse Ray Shield, and then three veterans with Mind Link, Heavy, Mangler, Pulse Ray Shield, and then finally two Black Suns with Tracers, Scavenger Crane, and Guidance Chip. And he spells it out. The Sea Rock, it, it's initially a sniper against other epics and high-value ships where you try to Boba Fett off a vital upgrade, which is really powerful and epic because there's so many expensive... You have so many six, seven, eight point upgrade. You've got ordnance tubes, discard ordnance tube. But then it, later in the game, he's got Asmorgon that can change Greedo, or it can change out one of his teams to something else. Uh, Cicero and Quinn shoot the first supporting ship 
with Tractor Beam, and then he's got Tracers. Azizor either goes for damage or control with his Ion Torpedo. And then, but the regen skicks, all those Pulse Ray shields really do good work in Epic because you're kind of just wanting to one forward anyway, right? You're just, it's just a big cluster of everyone bumping into each other. So it's just artillery. Yep. So those can definitely help. And then you're throwing out a lot of crits and that's, that's basically it. So go ahead and pick from those two boys. Yeah. I got to say, I like the, uh, the thread tracers and scavenger crane on the Black Sun soldiers. That's a pretty cool mm-hmm. combo. They can try to scavenge back their thread tracers so they can keep giving yep. target locks to everybody. Yeah, I really like Mike's list. I was looking at this one, looking at some of these earlier, and that one really stuck out to me. I, I like the theme. He's kind of going with the Black Sun thing all the way, and I appreciate that. Not only is he just throwing the Sea Rock in there and, and throwing in the best things that you can usually play in standard, but he's taking the things that you find in the expansion, a lot of the, the Seek stuff, and, and uh, having some fun with that. I feel like this is one of those th- those lists that kind of shows what was really fun about Epic is just going all in on the theme and, and having a ton of fun yeah, with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to give Chris a lot of credit on his squad, though, as well, um, because he seems you know, really committed to throwing those Seeks in there with the Heavy Seek Interceptor title, which you know is coming in the Sea Rock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like those with those Flechette Cannons can really cause... You know, could probably wreak a whole lot of havoc in an in an epic format. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I mean, I like both squads, but I also don't play a lot of epic, so it's hard for me to <laughs> pick which one. I don't think any of us play a lot of epic, <laughs> which is kind of a shame, right? I mean, we we're talking about playing it, yeah. episode. It's definitely it's fun to do it every six months, in my opinion. Anymore, right. not, I kind of get a little burned out, but yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I've got my vote. Do you guys want to do a blind uh, a blind vote into the chat channel so we can all not bias each other? Yes, let's right. do it. I'm going to head over to chat. I'm so doing it. One and two, or you want to do Black oh, Sun? I, yeah, just, just one and two. One or two. Good. One and two, all right. So we'll do on three, two, one, go? Yep. All right, three, two, one, go. There, there it is. Everybody in? Everyone's, Everyone's in. in. All right, so Ryan voted one. Kevin voted two. You have to say what everyone voted for. <laughs> <laughs> it completely defeats the plot. Oh, no. It was really close, but... No, no, it was, it was really, it was really it, close. It, no, it was three to one. So well, I wonder who was... So, you know, I'm all about transparency and management, okay. Ryan, as you'll see here in the pirate ship. <laughs> you you got to own your decisions, pal. Um, okay. I like Christmas I a lot, but I agree the theme on the second list... It's just fantastic. The whole Black Sun Rising thing, it it really did it for me. Yeah. Yeah, and did just want to make a shout-out here. Mike asked us to give a shout-out uh, to his uh, local gaming store, I Buy War Games, in Walking, UK. So just wanted to do that for him. Yeah, we're uh, sorry to take away that sale from you, I Buy War Games. Hopefully <laughs> some other folks in the area who listen to this podcast will come buy one on Mike's behalf. All right, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we will not mess up sending you the ship since it's going out to the UK. We're going to do something for the runner-up too, Lyle, since he uh, did such a good job too. And we kind of got his hopes up there with all that. He had a 50% chance of getting the Sea Rock. So we're going to do, we'll do something for you, brother. Not sure what yet, but we'll have something coming your way too. Give him some of that that loot. Yeah, maybe you should give him a... Talking about. 
Maybe you should give him a Seek expansion, but I don't oh. know if he wants to do that, because you guys might badmouth him. Well, definitely the Asajj <laughs> alt art card. I mean, he's got Asajj rocking on this list. I've got that alt card from Paul LaRue. Yeah. That seems like an easy one. Yeah. All right, we'll think about it. Blair, we'll put our heads together. All right. A couple British guys here, right? Looks like they're both over in the UK. So either way, we were going to lose out. Yeah. Yeah, have, no fun, have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, we got to mail it all the way to England. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Customs charges are great over there. Yep. All right, so we got to move on to the end of the episode. We always announce what our next user submission is going to be. And in true pirate fashion, we have no idea. We haven't discussed it in advance. <laughs> good, good. That's just how we roll. Um, so let's talk about it now. Anyone got something that they've been particularly interested to see the community work on on our behalf? Am I, am I allowed to, to, to talk? Absolutely. I, both, I'd like to hear you <laughs> and Kevin's thought on this. I really think that considering the... Um, the state of the Imperials. I'd like to see somebody put together some Imperial jank, considering we just talked about Rebel jank. I want to see something that you can, some sort of grouping of Imperials that can could be viable right now that may be being missed. Does um, that have to be viable or does that have to be janky? Uh, I mean, jank can be viable, I think. Uh, but <laughs> I, I would say confident enough that you could bring it to like a like a store kit tournament and win a few games with like it's not god awful you know uh -huh. what i mean well let me ask and, you this would would this qualify a mega leader with that new zero point upgrade were like score to settle that's it a mega leader right. with oh, a right, score right, to right. Sorry. does that qualify as imperial jank oh absolutely i just think you know there are lots and lots of imperial pilots there are tons of interceptor pilots like obviously i think the upsilon still has a lot of untapped potential. Like, I'm seeing a lot of people do dorm, uh, kriegs where they just set <laughs> people up with Dormits and Hyperwave Comm Scanners and launch things across the board and wreck you. Like, I think there's still... I tried still that. I tried it with uh, Strikers. Two Strikers. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential here. Uh, I just played uh, one of our locals, Ryan Kelly, who did, who's running um, Rack with Dormits, and Dormits has Engine Upgrade and two Hyperwave Comm Scanners, and Rack can get with engine can get all the way across the board with a focus and an evade token oh on, the first, on the first round of combat. Mm. <laughs> awesome. It's terrifying. So I think things like that are interesting to me because now that Palp's kind of taken a step back from the meta, I, I think we could maybe jumpstart what the Imperials, maybe maybe their resurgence was something different. Yeah, and yeah, so I, think... I, I assume the new cards would be part of this, both unguided rockets or like Open, right. open yeah, game yeah, for yeah, list yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Kevin, yeah, you're going to say? Yeah, I was kind of, on what Ryan was kind of talking about, he's kind of talking about, you know, Hyperwave Comm Scanner and things like that. What I want to see is I want to see a list that focuses on the text slot, but does not use Pattern Analyzer or Comm Relay. Because those are the only two that we really see. I've been trying to make Targeting Synchronizer work lately, and it hasn't been going very well. No, I've got but it. Like, it's, it's target sync. I can tell you the list. It's target sync on um, quick draw. So good. And then uh, it's you pair it with uh, what's his name, the the crack shot bomber pilot Tomax Spren. Tomax. Tomax with missiles. Yeah. So, oh, and uh, quick draw has fire control system. So when she shoots, she gets FCS. Right. That puts the lock on the target. She's PS nine at PS eight. Tomax fires. He fires the rockets. Um, or he fires, you know, he fires his ordnance, um, and he can take advantage of that target lock then. Right. Yeah. And I've been playing around with some of that stuff. 
targeting synchronizers. It's a really fun upgrade. Maybe a bit overcosted, but yeah, something that the viewers should should look into and, and try try to make work. Yeah, yeah I like yours, Kevin, but I, I think that Ryan's is more sort of thematic. We got to make Imperial cool. great again. I mean, if you can use if you can use techs, uh, like tech upgrades in your thing, the the better. There's a lot of here. There's more combos there. Yeah. Yep. But make Imperials great again. I never thought I'd be saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I flew Imperials for... I think a number of us flew Imperials for Blair over there for a long I'll time. Flying I feel kind of bad that they're gone. I, yeah. I enjoy rolling green dice. So what are the what would the exact terms be, then, uh, Soz? All right, exact terms are going to be we want an Imperial jank list that has... I, mean, I guess we can be specific. At least one tech slot in it okay cool all right guys hey i want to close this out uh thank you minoc for coming on to our podcast it's been great having yeah you. no problem i was i wasn't doing anything it's friday night like whatever <laughs> <laughs> and Caleb, we're, we're uh, gonna go out we're gonna go out at worlds ryan oh yeah out. we are oh my god i'm so excited for worlds like honestly like other than me winning the whole thing, like I'm just there <laughs> to have a lot of fun with you guys. <laughs> uh, K-Dub, thank you for coming on as well, and also for, yeah, no problem. for the community. You're like a real pillar of the community, and like I know you put in a lot of work into X-Wing for for everybody, and so uh, yeah, just kudos thank and you. thank you for that. Yeah, it was, a, it was fun being on. All right, fellas, I will see you in the outer rim. Uh, yep, up. I think I hear D coming back into the maw, so I better get off. <laughs> All right, it's getting pretty late here in Scarif. I better go hit the sack. <laughs>